Thank you so much, Milo, so much for being on the podcast. I'm so excited for you to um, be a part of this summer of Soulish. Oh, this is so cool that we get to highlight you and the work that you do. And I just feel so honored and privileged to have you as a guest. I love your work. I love your writing. I love your IGTVs. I, I love it all because you have such a amazing heart for A Course in Miracles, um, helping people understand God, source, the universe, spirit. And um, I just connect with that because that's same for me, you know, and so it's so fun to connect with you, somebody that is so similar in the heartbeat. Um, and I just love that you, you dedicate so much of your time to your work and to helping also bridge the English and Spanish community. I love that. Thank and you. Um, it's so cool that I get to be, I've, I was the first English guest on your conversations yes. um, of space time. And I, I love that I got to be the first English and a pioneer. <laughs> pioneer. Yes. yes. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's an honor. My pleasure. So you talk a lot on concepts of A Course in Miracles and this is something that the podcast, we haven't explored this yet, although I'm very familiar um, with A Course in Miracles. Um, one of my favorite sayings, which literally stumped me, I, I think I, I just stayed on like that first page was, you know, nothing that is real can be threatened and nothing that is unreal exists. And herein lies the peace of God. And yes. um, that just like that shifted something in me of realizing, like, I don't have to have anxiety around the unknown the mystery um, and coming from Christianity where everything is pretty much like segmented out. Like you kind of know, like the rapture is going to happen at some point and you don't want to be left and that Jesus is going to come down with a sword and on a chariot of fire <laughs> and, you know, everything is like mapped out as far as eschatology. And, um, and so to walk away from that and to have some sort of mystery around well, what does the end look like now? And is there even an end? Like, I don't even know if there's an end. Um, and what does that look like? And when I read that, that just like, that hit me so hard of like, wow, I don't have to be threatened by anything. Um, I don't have to worry about what I don't know yet. Um, and I can actually enjoy the process and sit in the mystery and enjoy it and experience it and be open to it, whatever it is. And so that hit me hard. <laughs> that was my journey with A Course in Miracles. <laughs> yeah. A Course in Miracles is a wonderful text. I mean, it's for me, it's the book that provided all the answers to all of my existential questions, my spiritual questions. And I have no doubt that it's actually Jesus, the one uh, speaking through it and I think um, it's the impression of anyone who becomes a serious student of the course and start uh, reading the, the text first you realize that who, whoever uh, communicated this message whoever wrote it who, whoever was the actual author of this text it must have been someone that is not human <laughs> because it's like a wisdom that is out of this world. And that's the mm -hmm. first thing that I realized when I started reading the course with a, 
with some sort of preparation because I attempted uh, to to learn the course years earlier without having uh, a background or any kind of preparation before. Uh, I read a couple of what I would like to say preparatory books uh, on the subject. Uh, I read A Course in Miracles Made Easy by Alan Cohen and The Disappearance of the Universe by Gary Renard. And once I read those books, I felt that I was ready to, to actually start uh, reading and understanding the material because um, I, I, I knew what I was going to, to, to see or expect. But once I start reading, one thing is to read it through the words of Gary Renard and Alan Cohen explaining you in, 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 in simple, basic English of what's going on. In the book but another one is when you start reading these words and you are just taking aback it's something so beautiful but at the same time so deep and as i as i start reading and reading so many of those cryptic passages i was like wait a minute this this something in this rings for me that this is the truth mm -hmm. that, that this is something that i knew before and somehow i forgot about it mm -hmm. but now i'm starting to remember and that's another feeling that it's been shared by many people when they yeah. when they are reading the course they they say at some point i realized that i knew this before but i forgot and when i when i read the book uh, when i read the text and then later on, I did the course for, for a year. It took between 2014, 2015, 2016, the whole process. It radically changed my mind frame, my system of thought. I was not seeing the world anymore in dual terms. Uh, I was not, uh, even though I'm still in the world of perception, I was not seeing with the eyes of separation or the eyes of duality, the subject and the object that is observed, but I started to to fully acknowledge and understand that what I was seeing was the external representation of my inner world. And that changed completely my life and my relationships with, with people. And I thought back then, I was already writing about spirituality, but not uh, focusing on A Course in Miracles. I was more into the law of attraction and manifesting uh, thing, but when I when I learned the course and when I studied it, I realized I have to communicate this beautiful message in a way that is clear and that is loyal, loyal and faithful to what the book says. That perhaps someone that doesn't have the opportunity to to, to read the, the books that I call preparatory books uh, may take the course and then give it up because they don't understand it. I, I, in, within my, my personality self, it became like a quest. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I, I'm not going to allow that to happen. I'm going to communicate the message in a way that people will be excited and encouraged to read it. Of course, I know everything is perfect, including the rejection to the book and including the resistance to the book. But that was originally what motivated me, to, in what drove me to, to start writing about the course in, in a simplified language that still it's a challenge. Because even when you are using day-to-day -day Spanish or English, 
to convey this message, the message is still so radical mm -hmm. that people will, you know, will have resistance to it. So true, because it's, it's not that it's lofty, but it's, it's from, it's written from a different perspective. Absolutely. So it's hard sometimes to see outside of our, our little frame. And like you said, expanding that and thinking and, and holding loosely to what we want to be safe and secure with knowing, you know, I think that's part of the journey is we have to reckon with that, that we don't know everything. And sometimes it's hard because that, that pulls at your sense of security, right? That threatens, that can threaten you or feel you, you can feel more threatened by it, right? Make you feel threatened. Um, but that's part of the process and the journey that the Course in Miracles asks you and, and invites you to go on, right? Is, is the mystery and, right. and saying, okay, I'm, I'm willing to accept that there are mysteries that I don't understand and that I want to learn more about or be open to experiencing in my life. And, um, and I think too, right, that it's, it's pretty apparent that A Course in Miracles is written by the soul that we know or spirit that we know of Jesus, um, the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, um, that we know from Christianity, Judaism, I think even Muslim religion talks yeah. about him as a prophet, right? Mm -hmm. So um, would you would you agree with that in in your perspective and what you've what you've read and studied? Of course. And when you when you study a course in miracles, you truly understand Jesus Christ's teachings. And whatever you have read before in the gospels, you start to understand the logic behind it, why you should love your neighbor as yourself, your brother as mm -hmm. yourself, why judgment is pointless. Uh, Jesus Christ believed in uh, never attacking your, your brother under any circumstances. And his crucifixion was a great example of this. He never offered mm -hmm. resistance. He didn't do anything against the people that was about to crucify him because mm -hmm. uh, attacked uh, one of the teachings of a course in miracles is that there is no such thing as an attack you cannot attack yourself which is a very uh you know very deep teaching and you you have to to actually uh, understand a bit about the metaphysics of the of the course in order to understand why he mean what he means when he says that there is no such such thing as attack but Jesus Christ truly lived uh, the course, uh, the historical Jesus Christ was the living example of living a course in miracles. And that, that for me was mm -hmm. more than an evidence that the one behind the course was actually Jesus because the theory was matching the historical figure of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So when you understand, when you study A Course in Miracles, you dive into Jesus Christ's psyche, psychology, and you understand why he acted and did the things that he did 2,000 years ago at the level of consciousness that the historical Jesus was. So it's like a manual for thinking like Jesus Christ. That's how I call A, a Course in Miracles, which mm -hmm. is fantastic. That's such a cool way of saying it. How to think like Christ. Yeah. Christ consciousness. Right. Um, yeah. and I think, so 
one of the things that I loved was the idea of oneness and the lack of separation because we kind of live in a very dualistic world and society and coming from Christianity, which is super dualistic of good and evil, bad and good, you know, uh, evil spirits, good, you know, good spirits, angels, demons, like heaven, hell, right. Very like separate and very, um, dualistic and, um, even like a sinner versus a non-sinner, someone that's saved versus unsaved, right. All those concepts of, of duality. And one thing that I love that Jesus teaches on and talks about is how, how connected we are. So like what you were saying around, um, there's no such thing as attack. There's no such thing as you not being connected to that other person that you see as separate from yourself. Isn't as separate. Is that like one of your favorite things or is there something else that is like one of your favorite concepts in a course in miracles? For me, my favorite concept is that ideas never leave their source. And that means that mm. whatever, whatever you project out there into the world, since the world is your mind, you will experience it sooner or later. And since everything is a projection or an extension, a projection of the ego or an extension of your, of your true self, you're always surrounded by your thoughts taking physical form. Everything that you experience is the outcome of everything that you have felt or thought. But it's just that the dreamer, uh, who is the one producing the delusion, is not only the, this world is not only the outcome of your thought as Whitney, it's also the outcome of the other uh, thoughts that the dreamer had in different characters that the dreamer played because the the dreamer in its in its process of forgiving the subconscious guilt that he believes i'm using he for purpose of convenience but of course it's a need uh, in order to um, eliminate the subconscious guilt uh, through the forgiveness lessons that the holy spirit gives the opportunity the dreamer to to have within life the space time it goes through a series of incarnations where mm. the dreamer seems to progress spiritually. And I say seems to progress because the dreamer in its natural state, it's perfect. It's within the dream of space time that there seems to be an evolution. But the dreamer, the dreamer in its real state outside of the illusion of space time, the dreamer doesn't have to go. The, the Christ consciousness doesn't have to go through any process of evolution because it's already completed, created perfectly. It's through the illusion that the dreamer seems to progress spiritually. And according to your progress, this is one of the, the beliefs that I have that is based on, on the course. Uh, according to how you progress in your forgiveness lessons that are presented to you in each of your lifetime. And I believe that also the love of one shares this belief. According to how you progress, you move to a better version of the dream. So mm -hmm. whatever forgiveness lessons that you achieve successfully here are actually a building the groundwork for your future incarnation. So mm -hmm. the next time that you visit the dream of space time, the world that you will experience is actually in part an outcome of the thoughts that Whitney had now. 
because you as Whitney are helping, the character is helping the dreamer through the forgiveness lessons that Whitney is learning to create a better experience in space-time the next time that the dreamer visits the illusion. Because the dreamer will return to the illusion as many times as it takes to forgive all the subconscious guilt. So mm. no spiritual progress is ever lost because whatever you don't get to enjoy, whatever fruit of your forgiveness you don't get to enjoy as Whitney, certainly you will enjoy them the next time that you come to the to space time, either as Britney or as a four density consciousness being or an angel or whatever, but you will still see the outcome of your forgiveness lessons. So I'm trying to make you smile as you talk about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so cool. This was one of the concepts that I love the most about the course that everything that you see in the external world. It's coming from deep within you. So that's the key for manifestation. If I know that who, the people that are populating my life are holograms of my subconscious belief, that means that I am never alone because everything that I could ever need is within me. And if I want to be surrounded by certain kind of people, the only thing that I need to do is to change my thoughts and then put my life and to put my life in the hands of the Holy Spirit. And eventually I get to see the beautiful manifestations. So you end by, by understanding that everything is a projection or a mm -hmm. manifestation of your subconscious and the ideas of your subconscious. You never get to feel lonely again because you know that you are the factory of dreams. You know that you are the one generating the illusion. And if someone decides by their own free will to leave you, you know that the love of God will take shape again in another mm -hmm. form and will return to you. This is why, for example, Jesus Christ tells the apostles uh, in, I, I don't know if it's the same version in other religions, but in Catholicism, uh, in Pen Pentecost, uh, I'm yeah. not sure about Day of Pentecost Day. Yeah, yeah, where he, I'll bring my spirit to fill you and be with you. Ex yeah, exactly. I'll never leave you. He also says, at least in the Catholic version, I will tell the Father to send you another one. Mm -hmm. And same. yes, same. And this is so important because Jesus Christ is acknowledging there that in form, he is, he is ephemeral. As spirit, mm -hmm. he's not. But as the form of Jesus, he is ephemeral, like anything in the universe of space time where, come, where forms come and go. Mm -hmm. And because he knows that what, what only is real in this world is the love of God. He knows that even if he leaves, the love of God will take shape again in another form. And this is what he means. Mm -hmm. I will tell the father to send you another one. Mm -hmm. The love returns. And this is why you never get to experience lonely ever again when you understand the true nature of the universe. Forms are perishable. They come and they go, but the essence the one behind the forms is eternal, mm -hmm. which is the love within you. God is the love within you, the generator, mm -hmm. the, your, your creator, your source. And because your source is eternal, you are the one out there projecting all of these people and all of this situation. And you know that since you are the factory of dreams, you are the creator along with God, you will never be alone again. So the sense of mm -hmm. separation dissolves. Yeah. Oh, so good. Thank you for explaining that. I think um, 
a lot of people have an issue with thinking of life as a projection, as illusions, yes. right? Oh, the illusion, so that's like, yes. that's one of your battles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for, for course of Miracles to people. Yes. Do you mind yes. like explaining that and what that really yes. means? Because we can think of illusion as fake or not I'm real. Very, I'm very happy that you asked me this question because as a writer, this is where I put most of the focus and now with my videos as well, because the main teachings of A Course in Miracles are two. There is no world out there and you are not a body. And mm -hmm. when the Course talks about the illusions, your illusions, it's not talking about certain lies that you believe uh, from the world. The, the world, the, the, the course actually means everything in the universe of perception, because the true reality where, where the dreamer resides, heaven, oneness, is knowledge. Uh, mm -hmm. The course talks about the difference between the world of perception and the world of knowledge, uh, which I basically I believe that if we want to, you know, to, to understand what knowledge could be, I believe that is the world of potentiality, the world of oneness, where there is the potential for everything to, to come to, to existence. Yeah. But Jesus Christ tells us in A Course in Miracles that only knowledge is real, and everything that we experience with perception, even true perception, which is a, a topic that they, the, the, the Course discussed later on, is not real. It's an illusion. Everything in this universe is an illusion that includes people, that includes nature, that includes energy. And that's perhaps the most difficult uh, subject about the course to assimilate, because we yeah. really want to believe that everyone in this world and in this universe is real. We really want to believe that everything that we have gone through is, is real, is reality. Mm -hmm. But it's Jesus Christ, and... yes. But the Course teaches us first that there is no world out there, and it continuously repeated quite often many times in the book. What we experience as the world is actually a movie created by your mind based on your subconscious thoughts. And by the world, mm -hmm. he means actually the universe, the universe of space-time. So wow. it, what the Course says is, that what I experience as the universe is the holographic projection of my subconscious thoughts. And this is the base for understanding the course and what illusions actually mean. It is an illusion because it's like a hologram, like a holographic representation yeah. of the code which is within. And there are two types of code, the ego code or the Holy Spirit code. Mm -hmm. And the dreamer is the generator of the universe of space-time, humans, alien civilizations, everything that is in the world of perception. And according to how the dreamer remembers its true identity, which is love, there seems to be a progression in the universe of life forms, of levels of consciousness, but that those things are actually reflections of what is taking place at a metaphysical level. The dreamer is starting to awaken into its true identity, that the dreamer is God, that the dreamer is love. But this is something that is taking place beyond this universe, beyond the universe of perception. But in the universe of space-time, 
it is reflected. It takes place symbolically and metaphysically and symbolically and like a theatrical representation of what is taking place beyond the mind. And it seems within the dream that then the dreamer is progressing in level of consciousness, that there are alien civilizations that are wiser than us, that are in a more evolved uh, spiritual level than us, and mm -hmm. they are guiding us. But even the aliens that are more evolved than us, they are part of the illusions. The aliens, the, the, I like to use better the word extraterrestrials, the extraterrestrials that are more evolved than us, they are actually holographic representations of the Holy Spirit guiding the dreamer mm -hmm. to its true reality. But since the dreamer, after getting immersed within the dream, can only understand form, all of the progress that is taking place at a metaphysical level needs to take place in the fictional universe in ways that the dreamer can understand it. Mm -hmm. And this is why the Holy Spirit takes many different forms through the dream. And at first it starts maybe like some book, eventually it takes form in the in, in the form of a human that is guiding you through the process, eventually it takes place as if it were like a extraterrestrial civilization guiding the earth, but it's always the same voice outside mm -hmm. of the dream, the Holy Spirit guiding you home. So the happy dream that A Course in Miracle teaches, I believe that it's dual, like it two, there, there are two sides of the happy dream. First, there is the happy dream of you gaining peace of mind because of your forgiveness, that you start to live more in accordance to God's law, which is love, uh, you accept everything and everyone, and that in turn result in peace of mind because you are not imposing your judgments, your criteria, etc. But at the same time, simultaneously, as the dreamer progresses, there is a happy dream that is taking place at the macro level, and it's the evolution of the universe. And the, and the place where the dreamer seems to, to be placed within the illusion, another mm -hmm. version of the air more advanced, another planet, another civilization. But everything that takes place in the universe of perception is an illusion. But the illusion can be a reflection of the ego or a reflection of the Holy Spirit. So what A Course in Miracle aims is that you start to change the content of the dream of delusion from nightmares to a happy dream mm -hmm. the course doesn't aim for you to awake because the, the the last step is taken by god this is something that the course clearly states the purpose of the course is that you evolve through your relationships and through the way that you see the world or the universe to a happier version of the dream, because in order to awake, you have to transition from a nightmare to a happy dream. Mm -hmm. And like, I know it, there's so much that goes into this just from me reading it too, but what simply can you do to do that, to transition from nightmare to happy dream? One of the things that um, I believe that works the best is a form of forgiveness that um, many people call allow, uh, mm -hmm. allowing everything to be, to let be, to to let other be people be, to let everything be, and that includes not judging whatever is in front of you, because you know 
that if you have taken if you had placed your life in the hands of the holy spirit and you place also the universe even when it seems that things are not working on they are actually working for your own good for the good of the dreamer and mm -hmm. everything will fit perfectly because what is happening throughout the history of the universe is that the holy spirit the right mind the right programmer of the universe is reconfigurating the illusion to a happier illusion but you have to allow him to do his work mm -hmm. and you allow him to do his work by not intervening by allowing the holy spirit to do what he knows how to do best which is the atonement the forgiveness process not judging anything of what is taking place allowing people to be let them you know exercise their free will if they want to choose for the ego let them choose for the ego if they want to choose for the holy spirit let them choose for the holy spirit because everything is perfect and i believe that allowance and practicing acceptance is like a major major step into the whole process of forgiving the universe forgiving the world and starting to change the nightmare into a happy dream then of course is for the forgiveness process per se when you realize that you're not actually forgiving other people for what they seem to to be doing what you're actually forgiving is yourself for thinking that you have split from your source for thinking that you have separated from god which has in turn created this hologram of a conflictive situation that is actually not taking place but then you also forgive yourself for believing that that actually happened because it never happened in truth this is why forgiveness is always the self whenever i for example whenever i see some situation that in some way resembles pain separation or suffering i know that this is a theatrical representation of the idea of separation so mm -hmm. i go within me and i say i am christ pure and innocent i am released i am forgiven which by the way these are not my words these are words written by gary renard in the disappearance of the universe but i think that is a powerful shortcut for the forgiveness process mm -hmm. uh, so this simplifies the whole forgiving thing you acknowledge that what you're seeing is not real is a theatrical representation of the idea of separation any conflict is the theatrical representation of the idea of separation so mm. because it is an illusion what you need to forgive is the belief that this is actually real that's what you forgive the belief in separation and either things dissolve on their own the, the conflict disappears or you start seeing the conflict with a different set of eyes you uh, you mm -hmm. see it through the eyes of the holy spirit and you know that something good will come out of it and you let people be mm -hmm. yeah that it's like so, an opportunity to learn grow um like i was sharing with you of of me moving on from my full-time job and because i had a very unhappy boss <laughs> and <laughs> And so I learned from that of what not to be like, obviously there's a lesson for me to learn here, whether I would ever be like that or not. It just is an opportunity for me to observe the behavior, to learn from it and go, that isn't how you love somebody, you know, even a coworker or somebody that is your colleague or, you know, your, your, um, your employee, you know, like this isn't how you treat somebody. So I'm learning that on a level that I haven't really learned before. So I'm just allowing it to be 
and allowing the experience to happen and learn whatever the lessons are that I need to learn from this so that also it doesn't happen again. <laughs> it's not another illusion that pops up in my life. <laughs> but I, I think that's so helpful for people that have gone through things like that or even um, family members, conflicts within your family, your friendships, relationships. Um, it's definitely an interesting viewpoint. Yeah, and it's very interesting that you say about uh, lessons that you have, you don't want to repeat again, because the courses that trials are lessons that you didn't learn before and are presented to you again, so you choose this time differently. And mm -hmm. by choosing this time differently is that whatever trial you have in life, you have the choice to decide with the ego or the Holy Spirit, whatever the action that entails that is. Mm -hmm. So whenever you choose under a trial with the ego, you can bet that you will be confronted with the same lesson over and over again. And in this lifetime, maybe, uh, I don't know, you may not experience it anymore, but in another lifetime, you will get to see it because these are lessons that you didn't learn and they are presented one more time. So you choose with the Holy Spirit. However, it's very important to note that sometimes you can choose for the Holy Spirit and you get to see the same trial again in another form, with another person, in another circumstance. And then you wonder, but if I chose with the Holy Spirit before, why have I been presented uh, with the same situation again? And what the Course says is that at that time, you forgave as much as you could, but now because your your progress has, you know, enhanced your capability of forgiveness, the same situation is presented because your capability of forgiveness is higher now and you can erase more of the subconscious guilt with an enhanced version of the lesson. So sometimes it happens that you forgive something and then you are presented again with the same situation and sometimes even worse. But guess what? Your capacity for forgiveness has grown, has grown. Oh, yeah. And you are and you are now capable of undoing more of the subconscious guilt. I'm giggling because I'm sure in my past life I bit her head off. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, this is good. Okay, progress. We're making progress. We're not as like <laughs> vindictive and I'll get this you is, back later. <laughs> yes. And and this is this is what happens. Sometimes we believe that by I don't know, by breaking up this relationship, by yeah. leaving this city, or by removing yourself from the situation. You solve the problem and then mm -hmm. five or four months, five or six months later, you get to meet someone with exactly the same characteristic of whoever you deserted in the past because you didn't want to deal with that person. Because it's not that you need to get stuck with people forever because they are your forgiveness lessons. It's that at the moment that you decide to leave, you should leave knowing that what you were seeing was a projection of your subconscious belief in guilt and separation. It doesn't mean that you don't remove yourself from the situation, but because you are the generator of this situation, in form, you, you leave, but deep inside, in your mind, you forgive the person and you acknowledge that the other person is you, that the other person is love. And if you truly forgive the situation, and you, at the level of form, you leave, you have passed that lesson. Mm -hmm. But the problem is when you remove yourself from the situation 
And then you're thinking about the other person, oh, she was so nasty, or he was so, such a jerk. <laughs> you're ringing people's bells right now. <laughs> <laughs> people, it's like, totally ringing people's bells. People are like, oh, that's me, I did that. <laughs> because this is, this is what happens, because what, what you do at the level of form, A Course in Miracle also teaches, it's not as important as with the mind that you do it. So you can, you can exactly, you can actually withdraw from the situation or, you know, break up a relationship that is not working, but do it with love, do it with the Holy Spirit and the forgiveness lesson is over. But if you break up the relationship with your ego and you're thinking all possible things about the other person and judging the other person, you got a ticket for repeating the, the same experience again mm -hmm. in another time, in another form, but you can bet that you will see it again <laughs> that's your bottom dollar <laughs> yes so funny yeah no but it's true and i've seen that in my life in either friendships and relationships and i think that taught me that if i want to also attract something else in my life then i need to be thinking about that you know and how would i want my next relationship to look like what would I want a long-term healthy partnership throughout my life to look like, and then start to attract that. Right. So it's more, it's, but it's more of your intention in your heart and how you're leaving and how you're beginning something really matters. Cause that's going to change your projection, right? The illusion, whatever you create and put right. out. Right. I believe this is why Jesus Christ put so much emphasis on the purity not only of action, but of words and thoughts. Yeah. And uh, it has been paraphrased in so many ways in all languages. But basically, you shouldn't allow yourself to harbor any negative thought about your brother. And it's not only about action, but what you think or what you feel toward your brother, because what you're doing is feeding the factory of dreams, which is the subconscious with more ego with more yeah. of the belief of separation. And what happens with that hate or with that anger is that it becomes the raw material for the subconscious to create within the dream of space-time more of the same. So this is why that people that have a, you know, have a vendetta or something against certain type of people, they keep experiencing or repeating the same circumstances or meeting the same types because they haven't forgiven. They feed their subconscious with hate, with resentment, with antagonism, and that in turn creates more of the same. And this is why Jesus made it so clear. You shouldn't harbor any thought of hatred toward your brothers. Uh, not only what you do in action, but what you think and what you feel about them. Because mm -hmm. what you are doing is, like, like I say before, you are... Uh, getting buying a ticket for experiencing the same situation over and over and over again and you have seen all of us we have met people that they keep experiencing and repeating the same patterns the same type of people the same the same type of circumstances at, at their job because of this because they continually feed their subconscious with some form of separation or negativity that in turn gets projected outwardly as those situations that they don't like or that are so unpleasant. So good. Oh, that's bringing up so much <laughs> for me and I'm sure for, for the listeners. Um, 
I wanted to ask you around atonement because that's a phrase that like I know well in Christianity um, and even forgiveness is a, is something I always thought forgiveness was for somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've learned just in, just in spirituality, but also in reading a course in miracles that it's more forgiving yourself, which is super liberating. And you find that you end up forgiving somebody else once you've forgiven yourself because the work happens inside. Right. And it's just kind of a natural, um, it's a natural, uh, I guess, outcome of forgiving yourself is that you end up being so forgiving for other people. Um, but can you talk a little bit about atonement and what that definition is in A Course in Miracles and how, like what that is for us in our journeys? Atonement is the process of making the Christ mind one again. Obviously the, the course uses the Christian term in a way that is completely different because the atonement, mm -hmm. uh, when it's used with Christian or uh, or the way that it's used in Judaism is completely different. But yeah. the way that the atonement uh, is used by the Course in Miracles is actually the process of making the mind of the dreamer whole or one again, because the mind of the dreamer is split between the decision maker of the mind, the ego, and the Holy Spirit. The decision maker of the mind is what you commonly experience as your consciousness, as the mm -hmm as the, the the part of your mind that is conscious the ego and the holy spirit are i call them like the computer programmer of the subconscious and according to the teacher that you choose then that teacher fits the subconscious which is like the fabric like the factory of the dream of the illusion with the material that will produce like so the atonement is the process uh, and I believe uh, of what I what I have experienced, the atonement takes place simultaneously at two levels. By you acknowledging and learning through the forgiveness process and allowing and respecting free will that all is one. And at the same time, simultaneously, the atonement is taking place within the illusion of space time, like what it seems to be the evolution of the different beings in the universe so everything is moving into the direction of everyone in the universe realizing that they are the creator and they are all one that's the atonement at the macro level the reunification of the christ mind at the universal level but also the atonement takes place within the life of the character or the person that you believe that you are through your forgiveness lessons and when you start to see more and more evidence that everyone is you. So it's basically the process of becoming one and it takes place personally and it takes place at the larger universal scale. At the end, when all of the consciousness have become one, the Christ mind will be unified and this is the moment that God takes the final step and the dreamer awakens from the dream of space-time. But to put it in terms that are more practical uh, or easier to understand within the illusion of space-time is the grad at the universal level, at the macro level, is the gradual process of spiritual evolutions of the soul. Hmm. At the level of the character, at the level of the personality self, is the spiritual evolution that leads to the acknowledgement that everything is one. So it takes That's place so simultaneously in the micro and on the macro level. Yeah, that's so good. Oh, cause yeah, growing up and 
and reading the Bible, I mean, you heard more of atonement in like the, the old Testament because they would have sacrifices and make sacrifices, right. In order to appease God, but also so that there was a payment for sin. So it's such a different concept of atonement when you realize it's actually just becoming one on a huge scale and at your individual, like personality, soul self, which is like, it's so different from what you're taught. So it's so, it's such a crazy switch to make in your head, you know? Um, but it's, thank you for explaining that and breaking that down. Cause I think that's really helpful for people to know that it's also an automatic process that happens when you're on your journey, especially when you're coming into that place of forgiveness of yourself, um, which is really just a joining together of things that you thought were separate. Exactly. So, yeah. So good. So I want to ask you, and we'll wrap with this, um, what is coming up ahead for you in the future? What can we see? Because um, I know that there has to be like a book or something out there. Yeah. I know that you have the conversations of space-time in the Spanish, and I'm the first English guest, which is cool. So that's happening. But is there a book on the horizon? What's happening with that? I've been working on a book for the last four years. Yeah, 2017, four years. Mm. I've been working simultaneously in the English and Spanish version, combining it with uh, the work that I do here in Istanbul for university and for a school. So it's been <laughs> taking forever, but I already understood that the book will come out when it's the time for the book to mm-hmm. come out, when it's the time, the divine time for it, and not when my ego or my personality self wants the book to come out, but it is in the final stages of writing. And basically is like the compilation of everything that I've been uh, posting on social media based on the teachings of A Course in Miracles. So I like to think of it of another preparatory book for anyone who wants to uh, start reading the course, Mm -hmm. but that thinks that maybe it's a good idea that I read a book based on A Course in Miracles first. But in my book, I am putting lots of emphasis on the idea that you are the dreamer of the universe of space-time and that there is no world out there more than in any other of the aspects of the, of the teachings of A Course in Miracles, which are more than that, definitely. But the reason that I put so much emphasis in my writing and in my book uh, to 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 the fact that you are the dreamer of space-time and that there is no duality and that everything is an illusion is because I believe that this is the key to actually understanding A Course in Miracles. Because as long as you see A Course in Miracles or try to adapt A Course in Miracles to the world of duality, you are bringing the truth to illusion. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that always is problematic. So uh, what the Holy Spirit is asking you is give me your illusions, bring your illusions to the truth. And when we try to make a course in miracles, another tool of delusion, we are attempting to do what we did with the hologram of Jesus Christ 2000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the truth appeared to us and we try to adapt the truth to the ways of duality and the ways of the world. So this is why for me is fundamental, is critical to really understand that the dreamer is whoever happens to feel or experience that is here. If you're actually experiencing right now this moment in space-time and you are perceiving, then the dreamer of the dream is you. Mm -hmm. 
not anyone else. It's not me, it's not an extraterrestrial in Orion, it's not anyone else, it's you. The rest is an illusion that can be either used, it can be used either by the Holy Spirit or the ego, according to the set of lenses that you used to see the, the illusion. But the illusion as used by the Holy Spirit, this world, this universe, becomes a school, like a university where you learn that you are actually loved, that you are God. That's the purpose of the dream. That's the purpose of the illusion as seen by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes what the ego created to destroy and then it makes out of it a tool for returning home. So the universe of space-time became a university, a school, where you learn how to be God, how to be love. Mm, so good. So that's what you're primarily writing on. Yes, exactly. Disseminating to the world. So great. Within the illusion, of course. <laughs> Within the illusion, of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for the work you do. Um, I know that it's impacting lives and that people are becoming more awake to the fact that we are, we are living a temporary human experience and that there's so much more for us here than just existing and that there's a real purpose for our life and for this experience. So thank you so much. Sure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you.